This summer, dive into the many cools of San Antonio. Because as soon as the temperature rises, so does the fun, the flavors, the excitement, and the many cool things that make our city the perfect summer getaway destination. Come keep cool with amazing pools at the best hotels, refreshing adventures both indoor and outdoor, inspiring history and culture, culinary wonders, and the hottest nights of your life at the coolest spots in Texas. To plan the coolest summer vacation, dive in to visitsanantonio.com slash summer. Welcome to season four of The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we discuss business agility through customer experience, employee experience, and digital transformation. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at gregkillstrom.com and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile Brand Podcast. Organizational change of any kind requires a mix of people, processes, and technology. While the technology component is an important aspect of this mix, is often people and processes that have the most opportunity to allow an initiative to succeed or possibly to fail. Today, we're going to talk about the importance of ensuring you're approaching the people and processes component of your change initiative in the right way. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Sarah Tahiri, Chief Platform Owner for the Contact Center Transformation and Robotics at Prudential Financial. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show, Greg. It's great to be here. Yeah, looking forward to talking about this uh, topic with you. Um, so why don't we start by uh, you giving a little background on yourself, as well as what you're currently doing at Prudential Financial. Sure. So the majority of my career, I've been in financial services, working on digital transformation projects. Uh, most recently, I joined Prudential as the chief platform owner for contact center transformation. And I think most people should be pretty familiar with Prudential. It's a company who, for over 145 years, has helped customers and institutions grow and protect their financial wealth. Um, my current responsibilities as platform owner are transforming our contact center capabilities to one where we put even more focus on our customers, meet them where they are, and, and really offer them self-service capabilities, omni-channel journeys that thread their experiences from one channel to another should they choose to channel switch. Great, great. Well, let's let's dive in here and, and start with a little context on the challenge that we're going to be discussing today. So can you describe the relationship of people, processes, and technology in a change initiative? Sure. So that's also known as the three-legged stool. Um, the combination of these three is really balanced. Technology is a, definitely a key aspect of change in digital and uh, digital transformation for sure, but without people and processes, Sometimes digital transformation falls flat or it doesn't have as much of an impact or adoption as it potentially could. Um, so let me use the contact center world that I'm currently in as an example, because it's, uh, it's, it's an experience that most of us can probably relate to as we've all had to at some point or another call um, and get our questions answered um, or get service. Um, from a technology perspective, we can build the most modern contact center that handles conversational experiences and provides customers with innovative features that really wow them. Ultimately, customers expect fast but reliable information and that their call is resolved the first time and helpful, friendly agents that can help answer those questions. 
technology is just one aspect, but our agent efficiency and their expertise is vital in providing that fantastic experience that our customers deserve. So as we're looking at transforming our technical stack, we need to also look and evaluate our processes, our talent to make sure that we evolve and show the proper attention in all three categories. Let me um, share a recent example with you. Just the other day, I was on a call with a major hotel chain because I was charged for the same vacation package twice. So I called in, I had a good you know, IVR experience, was routed to this agent. Um, but unfortunately, this person who was trying to service me wasn't equipped with the knowledge and the processes in how to handle this specific scenario. I feel bad for the agent because I could tell that she really was trying, uh, put me on hold several times. And ultimately, I asked to speak with someone like their supervisor to help rectify this. Unfortunately, I got nowhere. My call lasted over an hour. The charge wasn't reversed. And I was told that I'd get a call back, which I'm still waiting for. Yeah. So this is this is an example of where technology may not be enough. Right. So knowledgeable agents in a proper process would really go a long way in improving that customer experience. So when it comes to process, you know, that may mean evaluating our training programs and making sure that we've got the proper training in place. We may look at um, our continuous learning and development programs and look to see if we are carving out enough time for our reps to really learn and grow and adapt into this new technology that we've implemented so that they're equipped to answer questions should they be asked. Um, We may want to alternatively look at some of our metrics and how we measure organizational metrics because some of these metrics could be really outdated um, and they may require a little bit of a a reboot. Uh, If we're truly focusing on customers, we may uh, decide that at this point, Um, the call time is not what's important. We may want to look at reducing our call transfers or reducing our hold times as a metric uh, of the future. Um, On to people, right? So people, as we know, are our biggest assets. And making sure that we make them a priority is really, really important in terms of being able to service our customers. Our attention should, should really be in Um, how we can make their lives easier, because we all know if if an agent's happy, they'll offer better service. (laughs) Um, So looking at, you know, aside from hiring and retention and and recognition programs, uh, you know, that are fairly typical, perhaps looking at um, improving the collaboration tools that these reps have readily available to them so that they can quickly communicate with their peers um, so that they don't have to put a customer on hold for, for too long and being able to effectively um, answer their questions by tapping into to their peers with, uh, with whether it be Teams or Slack or what have you, and improving the uh, knowledge management tools uh, at their disposal so that they can quickly find the answers that they're looking for. So I know I use a lot of contact center um, examples here, but uh, these are examples of putting our um, agents first and reviewing our processes so that um, people, process, and technology together can can really make a big impact. Yeah, that's great. And I, yeah, I think we can all empathize with the hotel chain <laughs> example in several times in our lives, probably. But yeah, I can I can think of some recent recent examples there myself. Why do you think um, Why do you think that the people and process part of the equation often get overlooked, uh, while technology portion seems to be 
often thought of as a you know catch-all silver bullet whatever whatever you want to use that uh, you know technology is often thought of as well once we implement this software this platform you know our, everything will change and everything will be better you know what what why does why does people in process kind of get overlooked in that equation it's such a good point i'm i'm sure the answer is different on a case-by-case basis my advice would be to really invest the time to bring the right talent to the program spend time whiteboarding and mapping out the new world that you want to operate in don't just look at the technology changes think about whether your processes and metrics um, should also change to support that transformation and sometimes that could be you know a change in mindset for uh, people who have potentially worked in the same way uh, for a number of years, right? You don't want to recreate something. Um, you don't want to have digital transformation and just recreate everything you've already created. Um, and, and that also includes challenging the status quo and uh, continuously asking if we really need to keep working this way. And then really thinking about um, our talent and making sure that we have the right team and the right talent in place to get us to where we need to go. And if not, what do we need to do to get there? Um, potentially what change management training or programs uh, do we need so that we can um, transform our enterprise to be successful? So to, to kind of go back to the question that you said in terms of, you know, why do we think technology is a silver bullet and sometimes people in process are overlooked? I think it goes to, um, it just goes to poor planning and not, really putting the time and the effort at times, sometimes it's just, it just gets overlooked. And um, if we start uh, putting that at the forefront from the very beginning, hopefully we can address all three aspects rather than just one. What are some of the aspects of change initiatives involving uh, people and processes that tend to either cause short or long-term challenges? Greg, um, you're an agilist, so I think what I'm about to say will likely resonate. With the shift to Agile and iteratively releasing new features, Agile teams work on um, implementing capabilities in, in an incremental fashion. So we no longer live in a world where we just one day turn off our old system and start on a new system the next day. This means that at times our old technology solutions and new platforms are working in parallel. And our people have to toggle or work in multiple environments as their technology solutions gradually shift into this new world. So this, of course, creates sometimes short and sometimes longer term challenges, in my opinion. Maybe um, someone new that we hire has to learn to operate in both that legacy system in addition to the new system that we're creating for a period of time, which will make um, talent acquisition and onboarding even more lengthy and difficult. And it, it can really cause some hiring challenges as well, as you may be looking for different skill sets in the legacy world versus the new world that you're creating. So you're, you're ultimately ending up looking for this unique person that can, can operate in both. And sometimes that's harder um, to find, especially in this environment. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a that's a good segue to switch gears just a little bit and, and talk about what leaders and managers can do to help enable more productive and lasting change. So, you know, what what would your advice be to that leader or manager that's maybe at the very beginning of a change initiative that you know they're 
heavily reliant on technology, but um, they know that it's going to, or they should know, or but they probably know at this point that it's going to require coordination of people and processes in order to be successful. Yeah, it's important for leaders to set the business vision and the goals they want to achieve before selecting the technology that they think will be, you know, to use your words, silver bullet in solving their challenges. I think having uh, having them be intentional and explicit that they are looking at any and all options to make the change sometimes gives permission to team members to think differently. Sometimes you just really need to be explicit and say, um, any and all options on the table. And having that business vision will make sure that uh, whatever is being built keeps that North Star front of mind, um, whether that, that vision is to offer, uh, I don't know, fastest service, best healthcare, innovative tech, whatever that may be. Uh, and, and I'm just making it up here, but just to, just to give you an example, if, if a business vision is to have the shortest, fastest, most reliable quoting software out there, then um, leaders should really um, make sure that this business vision becomes the mantra, right? Is constantly repeated and instilled so that every team member continues to think about that throughout their entire process, whether they're designing or building and testing and, and challenging themselves and constantly asking themselves, are we building the right technology, the right process with that business vision in mind? Um, I would say the other thing is to offer the right support players to the project and make sure that um, the right people are leading and um, are a part of this uh, initiative to help really keep that business vision in mind. And um, I, I would lastly think that another one that would be helpful here is to making sure that the right analysis is performed to evaluate any opportunities for change, whether that be um, the people, the process, or the technology pillars that we talked about. So we're not focusing just on uh, on one of them. You know, we talked a little bit of, from the perspective of starting out a, an initiative. There's a lot of organizations that are, let's say, midway through, whether that's the beginning, middle, or, or end middle. You know, there's a lot of organizations that are just, you know, they're 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 going through this process and. You know, perhaps they're not going 100% according to plan. Um, so, you know, what what can a leader do to help increase morale? Because that's that can often be an issue when when things are not going um, or feeling at least like they're going well. Or and you know, how how can a leader keep team members motivated in the midst of all this change? What makes a great team is, you know, making sure that not only are team members highly skilled, committed, empowered, but really can work well together, right? Having uh, sometimes when you don't have the right team um, or the right leadership support, or uh, even an environment where there's constant change, things may not go as planned. Um, I think in addition, um, especially when it comes to software development, we know that change is usually the only constant. Right, right. So, there's a number of different ways um, we can help increase uh, morale. Some that come immediately to mind are uh, the age-old complaint of avoiding uh, uh, dictating a timeline to the team. Share your highest priorities instead and, and let the team work through when they can get an MVP or a, a future iteration released. 
they're the ones that are closest to the work and they're that, that believing in them and trusting in them um, is, is something that leaders can do more. Uh, offer support would be another suggestion, like listen, 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 right? A lot of times leaders are absent and they're not listening um, to certain cues and that could, that could also uh, be dismotivating. Uh, I'll give you a few others that, that come to mind, um, whether it be throughout my experiences that I've experienced or, uh, or just things that I've always wanted to avoid, um, is celebrating failures. Celebrate failures, missteps. We know that failures are an integral part of team formation. If a team is in constant fear of making a mistake, they're just never going to work their best. Um, so being able to offer your support really comes a long way. I think another one for me is making quick decisions. Sometimes we get into this analysis paralysis mode and, you know, we fear making decisions, but a good leader needs to be there to, to help remove roadblocks. And um, also, I think the other thing that's really important here is having a process for escalations, right? If something doesn't go well, how do we escalate this um, in a meaningful in a, in a meaningful way? Uh, I personally am all about recognition. I know that uh, each person likes to be recognized differently, but most, if not all, want to know that they're working on meaningful work and that their efforts are, are known and recognized. So in addition to celebrating failures that I talked about, really recognizing people and celebrating, um, you know, celebrating the wins and the people just create such a, a, a much more engaging collaborative environment uh, that would make one, that would make me want to stay. We've spent a bit talking from the leader and, and, and management perspective, and that's a lot of people listening to the show, but, you know, just from what if you aren't um, a, a leader or manager, you know, what can any team member, regardless of their role or title or things like that, what can they do in order to help their teammates and as well as the overall project they're working on to be more effective? Honesty and transparency are two big ones for me. So being part of a transformation, it's really important to be honest and transparent about all aspects of the initiative without hiding anything. Uh, I always want to hear from the team and know uh, if they're confident that what we're taking on within a sprint or within a quarterly program in increment is something that is attainable. If not, I want to be able to discuss it with them and, and hear their concerns and understand what we may need to deprioritize or, um, or, or take off the plate. Uh, you know, having not having that honest and transparent conversation is only going to affect, you know, everybody. Um, another effective strategy is being open to respectfully changing one another. Um, there is definitely something to be said when someone speaks up and provides a differing point of view. Um, and, and just the idea of being able to raise a point gets the creative juices of everyone else flowing. And the next thing you know, you're either on board and making the change, or maybe maybe the team has come up with yet another creative way of how, how to solve for that. Um, and, and sometimes some people just shy away from being able to speak up. And I don't, I don't know, I, I don't, I certainly don't have that problem, but I do think that that is, um, that is something uh, that I would advise team members uh, teammates to do because it's, uh, it's super helpful. Yeah. Well, uh, last topic here. Let's, uh, I, 
you brought up agile earlier that's always appreciated on on the agile brand podcast here but let's dive in a little bit more uh you know how realistic is it to plan a change initiative from start to finish you know where do agile approaches iteration and adjustment really come into play uh, with agile i like to say you create a framework and a roadmap but those plans can and more importantly will change as priorities change and it's important to be nimble and welcome change and know that it's a part of the process. Um, it's important to remember that iterating is a big part of Agile. So being able to roll something out, get feedback from customers, those people who are really using it is really, really important so that we can build the right thing. And as a result of just that alone, that means we will get unexpected changes and um in iterations, they're just going to be a natural part of the process that wasn't potentially planned for. Um, that's my thought. How can a leader make these adjustments without causing the team involved to feel like there's a loss of direction? You know, the the term pivot, or you know, even just working in sprints and and doing slight course corrections can can you know, un, under the wrong communication and wrong relationship, it, it can often feel like, oh, wow, why do we keep changing course or something? Obviously, those of us in Agile know when done well, it's actually, it's the, the right way to do things and, you know, to, to use information wisely and, and, and make those, make decisions based on, on information. But, you know, how, how can a leader kind of mitigate that for those that really just aren't used to working in that kind of environment? You know, earlier we talked about honesty and transparency, especially for me being big ones. I think that's the same with leaders, right? Honesty is always the best policy and, and letting your teams understand the why goes such a long way here. Let them be a part of the solution where it's possible. Um, and I, I'm sure that, you know, amazingly creative ideas and even a willingness for the team to accommodate when they know that they are empowered and in the know uh, goes a long way. And I think if, if done properly, the team will typically delight you in ways that you've never thought before. So just be honest with them. Explain the why of why this change is happening or why a new priority has come up. Um, that, that really, in my mind, avoids a lot of the, the negative thoughts and churn that happens on the sidelines. Great. Well, Sarah, thanks so much for joining the show. This has been great talking with you. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Uh, yeah, thank you for having me, Greg. You know, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, so I'm happy to connect with, with folks through, uh, through that vehicle. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Sarah Tahiri, Chief Platform Owner for the Contact Center Transformation and Robotics at Prudential Financial, for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom. Talk with you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.theagilebrand.show. To get a copy of my latest book, Meaningful Measurement of the Customer Experience, visit my website at gregkillstrom.com. Until next week, stay agile.